right. Hey, everybody. This is David Petty and Russ Dornish here with Crossfire Faith and Gaming. And we have an exciting day of news, uh, an interview, and a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, I'm excited to share all this with everybody. And uh, so, uh, David, how's your how's your week been? It's been a it's been an interesting, interesting week. <laughs> An yeah, it's been an interesting year. week. Um, certainly a lot of stuff going on and a lot of stuff not going on. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think, you know, right now we just want to say first and foremost um, that with all the events going on in the world, uh, stemming from, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and from the death of George Floyd and um, so many others, uh, we just want to say unequivocally Black Lives Matter and we support uh, diversity of voices. Uh, we support black lives. Uh, we specifically uh, support diversity in the way that people are represented in games and the stories that are being told in games. And one of the hopes when we first created this group was that we could create a space that could talk about those things and have those hard conversations uh, that maybe are a little bit uncomfortable, um, but super necessary to create a world that has justice in it for all people. So um, we just want to start off by saying that. Uh, and if you have any specific questions or comments, we really want to engage in our Facebook uh, page or our Facebook group, rather. It Crossfire Faith and Gaming. So you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash XFUMC. And we want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast today. So yeah, we're going to jump into a little bit of light news, um, and then we'll move on into some of the other stuff that's going on right now um, and how that pertains to the gaming industry. And then that'll also jump into our wonderful interview. We have an interview with uh, Justin Fox, um, who is a game Christian game developer, and he has a very interesting game, but we'll talk about that more in just a little bit. So first up in the news this week, uh, Last of Us previews were posted online. So it's weird that they're doing this. So Last of Us has like multiple embargoes that people are going through that have the game because they've had the game for about a little over a week now. And they were able to reveal that last week that they had the game. But then they were able to come out and actually talk about the level that they showed in the state of play that we talked about in the last podcast. And so they were able to go in more detail about that. So I watched a bunch of the previews. You watched a couple of the previews. Um, what were your thoughts from the, some of the things or the highlights that maybe some of the people uh, talked about that maybe gets you a little bit more excited for uh, The Last of Us, which is coming out in uh, roughly two weeks? Yeah, I think the, the one of the things that I have loved about The Last of Us is the storytelling, the depth, the willingness to confront difficult and complex human emotions. Um, I, you know, it's not just a zombie game where you're just running and killing a bunch of zombies. Um, it is uh, it is a beautifully and deep and complex game. Um, I think the thing that shocked me the most has been the, the dogs. Um, the, the idea that there are these attack dogs that are coming after you in the game and you know if you wanna get around them, then you sometimes have to end up killing them. Um, and how the developers talked about, they wanted to make sure that this was not a decision that was weightless, um, that it was not just an easy decision, that you know when you shoot a dog that you actually feel bad because you just shot a dog. Uh, same thing when you have to take down enemies in the game. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful way of saying, look, this is real. Uh, emotions are real. Um, you know, not that any of us hopefully know what it's like to take the life of another human being or another animal. Um, but let's make it feel the feelings that people would feel. Uh, let's not gloss over that. And I really appreciate that uh, from Naughty Dog. 
Um, they they talked about this in one of the previews, and I think a lot or not like like Naughty Dog's previews, but then it was reiterated by by several people, which is the fact that every character has a name, and people call out that name when they find their bodies. So it like puts that extra human emotion and connection on the person that you just killed. And they also said one of the previews that the dogs even have names. So they will mourn and be sad if you take out one of the dogs in the game. And I'm just like, Naughty Dog, what are you doing with our emotions? Like you were really trying to make this make people think about what they're doing in this game and whether that's a good thing or bad thing, we won't really know until we play it. But hearing everybody say that they played it and it, it brought true emotions that way, yeah. I mean, I don't think a game's ever done that before to this level. Um, and even though it's going to be a very brutal and violent game, um, it's a very real game that's going to bring a lot of real emotion to people. So I think that's a huge thing. I'm, re- I'm really excited to see how people react to that. Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, to that end, I think that's it's a beautiful thing to say. Um, you know, killing people should not be fun, right? Let's not make it fun in the game. It might be necessary to achieve your, your goals, your objectives. Um, but let's not make it fun. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, they said they gave you the option. I mean, if you're really good at the stealth and you're really good at the game, um, you should be able to get by without killing people most of the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I know myself, I'm terrible with stealth. Uh, so I will try and do my best I can, but, uh, hearing some uh, one guy played on the hardest difficulty, he said like some of the most important things are the uh, mind, the trip mines are new. Um, he said that's a really, and that was one of the bad ones. Was he said that you can use your scent to to track dogs to bring their owners into a trap mine, and he said that was probably one of the most effective ways. And I'm just like, that is that is rough. That yeah. is rough. Well, and I liked that uh, in that review that I think we're talking about the same one. Uh, he yep. talked about the AI. That on the hardest mode, you know, that the that the AI players would, you know, turn around more and kind of take notice of things behind them, which, you know, we're all so used to the games where it's like stealth mode just means stand behind somebody. You know, that's all you have to do is just <laughs> always be behind somebody. And, you know, and you wonder, like, how did I sneak up for like the last, you know, 20 minutes to get behind this person? And he never turns around. Um, well, apparently in the hardest mode, they're going to turn around. So I yeah. think that's neat. I'm excited to, to experience that. I probably won't play hardest mode right away. I want to experience the game and just enjoy it, but I'll definitely be going back and playing in the hardest mode to get that experience. So um, yeah. the next news we're going to go, we, we've kind of had a running feature in our news. Um, we're going to talk more, about Stadia? No, we're not talking about Stadia because oh. guess what? There's no Stadia news There's this no, week. no Stadia news. Uh, but there is streaming news, and it actually is not good for Stadia, in my opinion. So... Steam and GeForce Now are teaming up to create a Steam cloud service. So they're going to allow you to kind of use through Steam GeForce Now in a partnership, which hopefully I think the goal is to try and get more developers and games to be open to the idea of GeForce Now because GeForce Now lost a lot of publishers because as soon as GeForce Now started charging for their service, but they weren't giving any money to publishers, publishers were like, not going to happen. I'm out. And so I think partnering with Steam could potentially give them a little bit greater of reach to say, and Steam said this in, in, in their statement was, we want our gamers to be able to play their games wherever they want. And yeah. we want them to have that ability. So what is your thoughts on this? And, and ha- what is your experience? Have you tried GeForce now um, and, and been able to, to do that? 
So I haven't played GeForce Now. Um, I, I did finally get into the GeForce Now stuff, um, but I haven't been able to try it yet. Uh, I did uh, play, as I've talked about before, I have played a lot of like uh, PlayStation Remote Play. Um, I've also played you know local remote play just on my Steam, having my computer in one room and using my Steam link in the other room. Um, seeing it work and when it works well, it works wonderfully. Uh, seeing that kind of stuff, I think, is is the future of gaming. Uh, I do think that, you know, those long downloads of waiting, you know, six, eight hours for an update or, you know, a hundred gigabyte day one patch, um, I think are going to become things of the past. Um, you know, I do think that there's still a, a large uh, group of people that want to have their games locally. They don't want to have things on the cloud. They don't want to even have digital things. You know, you want a complete offline experience. And I think for those people, that is, that's probably still going to be there for a long time. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but I think even just looking back at the history of, you know, games like Division, Division 2, that are, they're essentially, you know, and shoot, Fortnite, PUBG, those are games that you have to be online to be able to play. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. Uh, I've also seen, um, and maybe this has been there for a while, but I've seen some people in Stadia talking about the fact that one of the features of online is that you can actually see the camera view of your um, teammates on the side of, of Stadia that you're not able to do in many of the other consoles. So, you know, they're able to, to stream not only, you know, to one player, but you can have three other players views so you can kind of work better as a team. I think that kind of stuff is amazing. That's what I want to see that that's going to prove to me that the future of online cloud-based gaming is here to stay. Um, but I think GeForce now teaming up with steam is an indicator that it's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, we see that from the big players, you know, Xbox with xCloud, um, Sony with PlayStation Now. They're trying to figure out how they're going to do that with cloud gaming. Steam obviously knows what's happening. It, it's definitely the future. It's happening. It's happening right now in, in front of our eyes. And I think it's going to, you know, eventually be for the better. I can't wait for the day that I just don't have to wait for super long load times. Um, I know that both you and I are playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. And man, are the load times in that terrible. Yeah. It is not good. Um, I, I'm getting kind of annoyed by how much there is. So I'm looking forward to that speed up, being able to play my games anywhere I want, being able to play them on whatever I want. Um, it definitely makes gaming a little bit more accessible to everybody. But uh, moving on to now kind of the serious stuff with what's going on in the world. Um, it's been very nice seeing the gaming community as a whole come together and say, we are in support of this movement. And it kind of started with Sony. That Today was supposed to, we're recording on Thursday, June uh, 4th. Today was supposed to be the huge Sony reveal. And I say huge because since our last podcast, Sony decided we're going to go and advertise this event on TV. So they were literally showing ads for this, which I have never seen for just a, a quick reveal event. So I know something big was going to happen. But then they went ahead and delayed it and said, we're delaying it because right now gaming news is not important. There is other things that matter more for, for people's attention. Um, and I think that kind of started a wave that we saw from there. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 and, and Project CD Red delayed an event for that game this week. Madden 21 had an event coming out. They delayed that. Um, so it's good to see these companies kind of go in solidarity. I did see somebody say that, oh, Sony delayed theirs, not because they care about black lives matters, but because they weren't ready, which we've discussed. And I, I say that's that, true. <laughs> that's 
not true because you don't spend money weeks in advance on advertising because FYI people, you can't just go one day and say, we want our, you know, event advertised. It takes weeks of planning and you don't do that unless that event is ready. So um, what is kind of your thoughts on seeing the community as a whole kind of come together and support this one movement together? Um, I think it's beautiful. I think uh, it's a, it's a good first step um, like so many others. Um, you know, but we can't, we can't stop at one thing, you know, you can't just turn your Facebook, uh, square black for a day and say that you're in solidarity. You can't just, um, you know, buy products from, uh, people of color, you know, once and say that you're in solidarity. It's gotta be a a life change. And I think that, you know, it's a good first step. Um, I think it's, you know, it's frustrating to see the pushback that so many people out there are, are so selfish to just say, you know, but I want my game. I want my game now. I want my game release now, uh, and not recognize the human tragedy happening in the world. Uh, that in many ways is just the result of decades and centuries of human tragedies, uh, that have never been righted. Um, but I think, you know, I talk about it all the time. You know, if we believe in a God that is, um, that is for all people and for all nations and a God that created each and every one of us to be a divine child of God, then we believe that that child of God exists in everybody, uh, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and right now we are seeing that people of color, especially in America, um, need allies and need their voices heard. And so I think it's, it's great. I think it's great that these companies are recognizing what's going on in the world as not just a momentary thing, um, but that they're willing to amplify those voices. Uh, the, and so I the, think then beyond that, even, you know, the, you're probably gonna talk about this in a second. Um, the blackouts that we're seeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we get to that, it's, it's even bigger now that I think about it. Sony is a Japanese company. I mean, <laughs> to see a, a Japanese foreign company like that go into solidarity, I think that's a huge step. Um, and that's definitely a big example. The second thing, yeah, is the other piece of news. Today, June 4th, um, Rockstar decided to, to do a two-hour um, blackout on all of their online servers. So Red Dead Redemption Online and GTA Online um, went blackout. And here's what Rockstar had to say in their tweet. Uh, their tweet says, Black Lives Matter to honor the legacy of George Floyd today, 6-4-20. From 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, we will be shutting down access to our online games, Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Online. Um, I, I, I've been seeing this media blackout everywhere, and I think the big idea to it is let's get people, and I've heard this from people, let's give some people some inconveniences, Okay. Let's inconvenience their lives for whatever reason. If you're a hardcore GTA player, if you were really looking forward to the Sony stream, let's take that inconvenience and let's make you have to say, well, why am I being inconvenienced? Okay, now I'm going to actually look into what's happening. Um, On top of that, NBA 2K also did a three-hour blackout today in support of BLM. So everybody is kind of going together and saying, what are ways that we can use our little bit of, um, you know, influence and get people to go and look and seek information and try and you know find out more information which all of that brings us to our next segment so coming up after the break we are going to be talking to justin fox Um, he is the creator of uh black simulator 
And both David and I got a chance to play it. We've been playing it for a little while. And I highly recommend that people, no matter what you think about it, anything like that, go out. It's a $3 game on Steam. Purchase it, play through it, and see what it's all about before if making nothing judgments. else. Yeah, if yeah. nothing else, it gives you a different perspective. Uh, you might agree with it. You might disagree with it. But if you don't come in contact with it, you don't even have that opportunity. So we highly recommend that you go out, check out this game, um, and support a black artist. Um, support the work that he's put into this. Uh, and support the idea that um, broadening our horizons is important. Yep. So after the break, we have the interview with Justin Fox. Make sure you guys listen to that. And then after the podcast, make sure you go and try and purchase and try out Black Simulator. So uh, we'll get you guys back after the break. So today we have Justin Fox. I got uh, his name through uh, the Game Developers uh, Christian Conference that's out there. And he's developed a few games, um, but I will let him talk about that. So Justin, go ahead and tell us about yourself and uh, kind of what you've been doing in the the gaming industry. Okay, uh, Justin Fox. Uh, I apologize is in advance for my behavior. Um, I'm really goofy. So I'm just sorry, just in general. I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, but um, I have uh, been, I've had a game for a long time in development called Release. Um, and the current one that's on the market right now is all called Black Simulator. And it's a game where you try to get through the day without getting shot or arrested by the police. That's all you're trying to do. So it sounds a lot worse than what it actually is. <laughs> but um, it's it's more about culture than it than it is about necessarily how your melanin dictates your behavior because i would love to see the science on that love to see that <laughs> so um but uh those are the two current games right now and uh just as a developer wanting to bring in and bridge that gap between christian content and also meaningful content too you know just kind of put it under the kingdom umbrella rather than trying to necessarily attach my wagon to a political affiliation. I want to have a kingdom perspective so I can zoom back and see how all cultures are dumb and how they're all fragmented from, you know, what I view as a um, God's kingdom, you know, this kind of offshoots of this one thing that has been corrupted since, you know, and they all have good merits and good things about them and also horrible merits and horrible things about them. So, yeah, Yeah, um, I mean, well, for everybody who's listening, um, both David and I, we have played uh, Black Simulator. We've been playing it on Steam, yeah, which funny. you can, Sorry. which you guys can, <laughs> you guys can go we and, and Black Simulators. <laughs> I know we can. Uh, you guys can definitely go and pick it up. Um, it is actually a really, really good representation. I love the art style. I love uh, the way that it's just so easy to pick up and play, and I think it does have a great message. Um, David, what questions do you have for uh, Justin right now? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first off, I just want to say, you know, at first I think the, the idea of playing this game was uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's a good thing, right? Uh, it's a good thing that it's uncomfortable because, you know, talking about race is uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's a necessary thing that we have to do. We have to confront these uncomfortabilities and, and get through to a better understanding and a better perspective. Um, so Justin, I'm just wondering, uh, tell me a little bit about what got you into game development, uh, and particularly how you started, uh, the, the idea of developing this game, 
uh, or your other game, I guess. You know, tell us about both your games. Uh, sure, sure. So I was at a Christian bookstore when those things were still around, um, <laughs> which is kind of vexing to say that, you know. But I was looking through a lot of their media stuff and everything, and I saw that they had a few games at the top of the shelf and everything. And then it kind of dawned on me, maybe the Holy Spirit, I don't know, but like it just kind of dawned on me like, oh my God, these kids in these Christian homes don't have anything to play or anything worthwhile to play. You know, I've had a truth between, you know, I don't know, a Bible man flash game and, you know, Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm more envious the fact that my neighbor, uh, who I'm friends with and everything, they let his kids play, uh, his, you know, they can play whatever they want. And I feel like I'm missing out on all this cool stuff, you know, and I'm still getting, you know, it, the, the contrast between the two of them is just kind of painful, you know? And I think a lot of kids growing up in that household feel a certain kind of way about that. So that's why, you know, a lot of them, once they are able to get of age to move out, they go on the total opposite direction okay i get to play all the things that all my peers got to play and watch and this that and the other you know and they veer off the track you know away from god so it's actually a bigger problem that i think that most people kind of even realize and i didn't grow up in necessarily a christian home like that i just kind of put two and two together you know and saw the result of a lot of people you know um, venturing out into other avenues because of media you know they, they wanted to see it all and so they can see it all so therefore they make it for that lost time they kind of get lost in the weeds and get further away from god because of those things because media is very very powerful so i wanted to make content christian content that was going to be strong relevant challenging you know to where you could form a bible study around my content you know and go to places that will make you very uncomfortable. I want it to be a thing where if you're a teenager, if you're an adult, you have something to play because you got a lot of good things for the kids and everything, you know, but once you get past the age of like 12 to working or start critically thinking, you know, for themselves, there's nothing for them, you know? And everyone starts to kind of dive into Christian culture rather than actually diving into Christ and actually asking the hard questions. You can't raise kids these days um, as a Jew per se, you know? It's like, okay, of course there's a God, of course it's this, you know? Is you got to do it more of a Roman Greek kind of way, saying, you know, here's the concept of God. Here are these things. I know you're getting a lot of information in the opposite direction, so we need to address these things also. So for my first game uh, release, it's more about, it's about this girl who's been human trafficked for seven years, and she forms a party around this movement of, you know, what happened to me shouldn't happen to anyone else ever again. So this movement with these four party characters, and... It's about the story of can God reconcile someone who thinks this way? If I'm trying to stop people from being human traffic and evil, and I'm trying to wipe away all evil, if you get in my way, then you're evil and you got to go also. You know, she has a very monolithic way of viewing things, right? So can God work with someone like that? Can God save someone like that? It's his story about how he can work with someone even like that hmm. and what he's doing behind the scenes, you know? So that's a tough thing. Human trafficking, you know, like that's a huge, tough thing. So, but God's not weak. <laughs> he can go to the tough places. You know, we try to hype it up too much. Um, so that's that game. Then um, Black Simulator is a game where um, this is Ryan Green's fault. 
<laughs> from um from uh, uh that dragon cancer play that experience it cry all that good stuff right but i was at uh the christian game developers conference up there in portland oregon i think i mean my first conference i had gone up to and i was joking about you know i should make a game called black simulator you know it's a game where you try to get through the day without getting shot or versus by the police you know or something like that you know and i'm just saying these absurd things to him and everything and he's like you should actually do that. And I was like, don't encourage my bad behavior. Uh, <laughs> but here we are. So uh, so um, I felt as though the idea wasn't going away as absurd as it was. And I was like, God, are you kind of giving me a nudge on this? He was like, ah. I was like, okay. So I put it, so I made this game, you know, as, as, as a joke conversation. But my thing has always been about perspective rather than about, you know, um becoming angry about a thing right i think that if you get perspective and understanding because truth be told my temper when i was younger was horrendous it was a bad because i had grown up with temperamental people um this is how our, our personalities work and so what i found is that growing in understanding has basically zeroed out my 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 temper to almost zero to the point where i do get upset i'm like oh man i need to lay down oh jesus you know i'm feeling lightheaded you know what i'm saying like if it gets to that level you know like i'm out of practice so if you offer perspective about what it's like to be black not like you know the tragedy of my blackness like no 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 <laughs> i am not tragically black i'm just black um there's things that i have to think about and look at that's just different no different than how someone who's Asian, Indian, white, whatever, Christian, Hindu, just different things that you have to worry about or look at than what other people have to do. So I just wanted to bring a bit uh, about a game about that kind of clarity and just kind of go from there. And hopefully do it in such a way is going to be effective in terms of gaining that perspective. Hopefully all that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I certainly think, um, I like the idea in, in uh, well, both of these games. I mean, just really touch on on deep human issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many games, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned like Call of Duty. So many games are just, you know, first person shooters. And it's like, look, there's the enemy. You got to shoot them um, and don't dive into these deeper human issues. And so, you know, even if you've got a game that has the world's best graphics, you know, if you're not touching on story uh, or humanity, then, you know, kind of why? Um, so I just, I really appreciated your take on, on touching on the hard stuff uh, in both of these games. Mm-hmm. I think that's neat. Um, you mentioned that dragon cancer. Yeah. You know, a game that, that absolutely touches on the hard stuff in life. Um, so yeah. what, um, Russ, did you have any questions? Well, yeah. So I kind of wanted to bring it back to, you know, kind of, so is it your game release? I, I, I've seen that post on your website, all that. Um, it hasn't been released yet. Has it? No, but there is a demo. It's a two-hour demo that I have of it. Okay. And uh, so people can play it by just by hitting me up on um, the email. Uh, I try to kind of conserve it for the press and everything, you know, because yeah. I don't know if I necessarily want it in the wild like that, you know. So um, No, we get uh, that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that people are bad. I'm saying that, you know, stuff happens and I don't want it to get out of hand before I can actually, you know, 
explain maybe what it is you know there's all there's, there's, there's tons of reasons <laughs> so oh, but yeah so that demo is available if you want if anyone wanted to get a hold of it just ask me what's uh what's the plan release wise with uh release being fully uh fully I, have, <laughs> I have given so many dates with that thing like i'm gonna have to pull a um some of these other developers say it's done when it's done because <laughs> gotcha. um, yeah I've, I've done that so many times i'm i'm sick of myself uh so um but uh because what's happened is that i actually did kickstarter for a while back right and i was wanting to get some more colorists to help me color all the illustrations so um i have a actually right behind me oh so this is the crate of illustrations oh wow um that some of these are done some of these are not in terms of coloring <laughs> so um it's like 400 400 illustrations uh, deep of stuff that i've done that i need you know colors to help me color the thing but uh. so in other words i mean it's a lot of work i mean i've yeah. heard stories about <laughs> Similar games like RPGs and stuff like that just take so long to develop yeah. when you go really deep in the story. Um, and so I can only imagine. So technically, you're you're right now technically just a one-man crew, correct? Yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's one of those type of things where I'm trying to pioneer something to where, you know, I'm making Christian games for gamers, you know, mm -hmm. not trying to make a Christian game. Because, you know, that comes off across as... I want to be down with the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not something to where you're necessarily passionate about. You're just trying to reach yeah. the youth, reach the youths. Right. You know, yeah. and I'm not here to reach the youths. I'm like here to actually make a game that is going to be competently done to where um, Christians can be like, you know, even people who are not part of Christianity can be like, you know, hey, I know you're not a Christian, but this game's really, really good. Right or this game healed me in this way or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm more or less going for. And there's been controversy about, you know, me labeling my stuff as Christian games. So I got gotcha. yeah, it. It reminds me of how, uh, what was that? In like the nineties, uh, the band Creed came out and, you know, they were a Christian mm -hmm. band, but then they didn't want to be labeled as a Christian band. And some people thought, they yeah. weren't a Christ you know, it's was, it was kind of all that, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, especially Christianity versus pop culture. Um, tell me a little bit more about your uh, journey with Christianity uh, and how you see Christianity informing your game development. Um, well, I went to church with my folks and everything, and that was what we did as a thing to do. Uh, as soon as we got out of church, it was a lot of a lot of fighting. <laughs> A lot of drinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just utter chaos, you know? But we got the check mark box, you know what I'm saying, in terms of the Jesus thing to do to get to heaven. Um, it's, you know, because God's impressed by, you know, the morality that we're defiling and then spitting back at him, you know what I'm saying? Because that'll work. Uh, so, um, the, uh, so we did that for a long time. Now, my parents did pray, so that's one thing that I think that actually ended up saving us all, really. Um, there was a genuineness in prayer, at least, before the transformation can actually happen. But so I grew up in this misunderstanding of what Christianity was, and I had floated away from it by the time I got into college. Imagine that, um, where I was agnostic. 
So I believe that for a while that Jesus was a way, not the way, and maybe he was a person that, you know, unlocked the full potential of his brain power or whatever. He's had a bunch of different ideas about that kind of thing, you know, uh, as most people who are not, who don't want to be accountable to a guy like that uh, do. And I understand that as your brain protected you from a perceived danger. So it's supposed to do that. It's a scandalous gospel. <laughs> so, um, but when I was at rock bottom in terms of me moving out for the first time after I went to school and everything, you know, I just rock bottomed out. And somehow I was being taken care of and money was coming in. And I was like, how is this happening? You know, and my buddy had invited me out to an event here in Lexington. I mean, this is in Kentucky, not Lexington, France or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so, so we're very, we're very enchanté. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Frenchy over here. Anyway, uh, but like um, the person was asking about, you know, hey, do you want to give your life to Christ and everything, you know? And I was like, yeah, because I've been seeking, because the only one that I was able to pray to in my time of complete and total, you know, bottoming out and everything was going back to the God that I grew up with, Jesus. So when I began to pray, that's when things started to move. And I was kind of like, okay, maybe there's something spe to this specific God that I'm praying to here. And so when I stood up for that prayer, you know, as Jesus into your heart and everything, you know, which if your understanding is not there, means nothing, all right? Because it's my favorite verse in the Bible. It goes to Proverbs 16, 2. The ways of a man seem right to him, but it is God who wastes the motives. So, um, if you say something or say the magical words to ask Jesus into your heart and everything, you know, but there's no meaning for it here. That doesn't, that that's what he looks at. He looks at what's going on here. That's why you can't mock God. That's why you can't be fooled. None of that stuff's going to happen. So I did that in order to take a step closer to him in my heart, even though my words were that. Right. So I go down there, we get the free Bible and everything, you know, and they start asking me questions about, you know, how, how come you serve for this prayer? And I was kind of, well, I'm trying to get closer to God. And they told me that this is not a trying thing. This is a receiving thing. You know, and I got kind of an attitude, not towards them, but I got kind of an attitude in my head about that because it's kind of like, you know, I grew up in the church. You know, you're trying to tell me what to do, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they took me aside, they explained scripture to me and everything. And then that's when I made a true confession of repentance. And then when I repented of my sin, and then um, – in a genuine way, wanted to actually know him, know him and receive him and repent it and ask him to forgive me all those sins and everything. That's when it's like the lights went on for the first time in my life, and I ain't been right since then. Um, so, so um, that was my journey up to that point. So I grew up in church and ease, thinking it's gonna get me to heaven. Now, yeah, further away from it, and then I did a few prayers to get closer to, and then God did the rest and put it all together. Um, and that's just been where I've been at uh, in terms of um, just learning more about him, uh, studying people like um, studying the, the word, um, getting to people who are more reformed Baptists like Paul Washer and um, John Piper, uh, John MacArthur. Um, and uh, I know this is long, but it's a, it's a journey. Really, it's been, it has been a journey. So then I got into um, uh, 
more Pentecostalism. So I know it's kind of a leap between Reformed Baptist and <laughs> to being spirit sure. filled like that. Because John McCarthy does not like that. <laughs> it's strange fire. So, <laughs> well, I'm, so, I'm mostly interested. Um, I mean, I I, I don't want to cut you off here, but I, I'm curious, yeah. especially how this journey leads into your game development. You know, where where you know if you could tell us Trunk how it. that informs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, know, the the Christianity yeah. in in release and and the the faith that we see in Black Simulator. Right. So, and that's what I'm trying to get to too. Is that like those components, you know, in terms of you know, what I'm saying like hearing and listening from God and things like that. You know, that left the door open to um, hearing Him during the process. Right. So even though I wasn't Pentecostal at the time, I would always pray and be like, you know, God, what do you want me to write? How do you want me to write this? So I would start off with keyboard first, you know what I'm saying? Just write everything down and everything. You know, my heart was that I didn't want people to fall away because they weren't getting the media or um, uh, challenging ideas, you know. Um, and that's what my heart was just for people. But really, I just, I just did the games and everything to worship God. That was me offering something to him just out of love, not out of necessarily, necessarily like a, a goal goal in terms of influence for people and everything. You know, I just want to make something for him. It didn't matter and still doesn't matter to me if anyone played it or not, my heart was just for him. That was it. So um, those are the things that informed that more than anything else. Um, because yeah, it's, he'll do what he wants to do with it. He doesn't need my game. Games doesn't need that. He need, we need the gospel. He doesn't need anything. So therefore I'm going to let him decide to do what he wants to do with it. You know? So, um, and with black simulators, it's more of a matter of, you know, perspective, because again, if I look at it from a kingdom perspective and I can see the flaws in my own culture, as well as European culture, whatever else, you know what I'm saying? That I can step back and give a, a perspective that is just objective in accordance to the word and to the Bible rather than, you know, picking sides and things like that. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask, um, I mean, especially, you know, cause, cause the, the goal stated goal of black simulator is to, to survive a day without getting shot by the police. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell me a little bit about um, just your thoughts on everything going on in the world right now um, and, and kind of how timely, I mean, that game is. Um, my thoughts now, just in terms of what's going on, is just if exactly that. It's if you can gain perspective on something, then you won't be so grr, you know? I think that people stop conversation and then just kind of put on their pre preconceived notions about what's going on and everything. And if you look at the nuances of it, then, you know, it, the conversation quickly changes, you know, I mean, there were, is diversity the problem? I don't know, because there were people who were not just white that were watching this whole thing happen. There were cops, you know, it's like, is, is that the problem or, you know, what, what, what was the actual problem? What was going through the person's head when he was doing that uh, uh, to Mr. Floyd? Was it an insecurity that, you know, he need, felt he needed to dominate this? Was it the dominance of the dangerous black guy? Or was it the dominance of something that was going on with him? Like, what was the actual problem here? You know, and we, not, and we don't know that. So if there's perspective just in terms of, you know, what George was going through and him being sensitive to that, would it have gone down the way that it was? You know, so when it comes to race relations, you know, some of it is 
cultural things that we as uh, African-American culture had to kind of deal with um, that don't do us any favors. So if a white person, for example, doesn't know anything about black people and then you're, and all they see is what's happening on the, on the news and the music, then they're going to be much more trigger happy. They just are because they're afraid because we push the image out that, you know, that we're, we're terrifying alpha males and everything, you know? And so therefore, you know, it's like well, someone doesn't know you better. Just so I don't know. I'm terrified. <laughs> um, so it can be fixed if we gain perspective, and that's what I hope the game actually does. That was the whole point. Of the, that was really the whole point of the game. Awesome. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I agree. Well, I agree. I agree with the perspective idea. I think that was the main thing I got from the game was mm -hmm. just okay thinking from a, another angle. And I think there's a lot of people that I know that could gain a little bit more perspective, a little bit help of playing something like this that kind of makes you think, okay, what? Not not obviously put my putting myself in in those shoes, but what what other perspective should I be looking at this from? And you know, how is it different from my own and, and my own experiences and stuff like that? Um, mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm, is a big mm -hmm. one. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I really look forward to seeing the the perspective gain that everybody can have too when uh, when release comes out to understand more about what your the story and the narrative that you're weaving there, especially around human trafficking and and redemption and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think we're probably about out of time. Um, okay. but I'm going to just ask, uh, do you have any other thoughts, any, any last minute things, anything else you want to just tell us about that? You're, uh, I don't know. A any last minute thoughts before we wrap this whole thing up? Oh, um, my bad. I thought that we had a little bit longer time, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't like women so long winded. Um, I'm sorry about that. Guys. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, but I would just say that instead of being angry, gain perspective, Never, ever, 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 ever sign this conversation um, because I, I am black and yet I have a lot of conservative friends, right? I know how they think. To blanket everyone as whatever is just silly. Um, and until you kind of grow as a person and are ready to have those ideas challenged and everything. Then we're going to keep on having this problem in terms of, you know, I don't understand you. Well, I think that you're doing this because all this is accusation at the end of the day. So if you don't know, and then you make a judgment, that's called accusation. We know what spirit that comes from. It doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy. He's called the accuser of the brethren. So if you're always hearing accusation and then you get worked up about it and everything, then this stuff just kind of keeps on repeating itself. And so again, I'd ask you to play the game. It's only like a couple of bucks on Steam and everything, just to get the perspective of just things that I may have to think about before I go out or do something. Um, like the beginning of the game is just like you have to pick what you wear. So you have a popo meter and an ignorant meter and an Uncle Tom meter. And you don't want these meters to fill up. So depending on what you wear, that could fill up the popo meter more. You know, you just have to kind of balance these things out, you know, and is it about melanin or is it about tribes you know so if i can be black and still have more in common with someone who's a gamer you know than someone who's black and not a gamer then that shows that there's no spout these little tribes these little environments that we put ourselves in so it's not a matter of you know promoting a tragic black narrative it's more of a matter of you know hey really what's going on we just like 
what we like and we just need to understand each other that's all yeah awesome. i again i i thank you so much um justin for for joining us and and talking about this and um you know your your game is like i said i i really enjoyed it and i'm definitely going to push a lot of other people to to try and play it um to gain that perspective that you talked about and so we do appreciate that and we'll definitely um i think you know we definitely want to have you back um when release uh, release is having you know a closer closer you know time frame as far as when it releases and we can help me we can talk about the story <laughs> and 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 find out more about it and again we look we look forward to uh, what you're doing and what you're going to be doing so thank you appreciate so much that. for joining us oh thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it looking forward to being back being black Okay, well, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Justin Fox. Again, make sure you guys support him. Go out, purchase uh, Black Simulator on um, Steam. We're going to make sure we keep you guys updated with his other game, Release. And, uh, yeah, it was it was great getting to talk to him. I enjoyed getting that perspective and, and getting that. Um, so, again, I hope you guys enjoy that and get something out of it. Yeah, I just want to say once again, um, the whole purpose of creating this community was to bring together a diverse group of gamers uh, centered around our faith in a place where everybody can be welcome, where everybody can be heard, where we can stand in solidarity with the marginalized, the oppressed, the outcast, um, and, and where we can say definitively at this moment in time that Black Lives Matter. So I want to say thank you to Justin. I want to say thank you to Russ for being with me on this podcast. And thank you guys, our listeners. Um, Please make sure that you check out us uh, and our podcast on Patreon. Uh, Subscribe there. You can support us and the work that we're doing. We also have a Minecraft server. Uh, We have a Facebook group that you can be a part of, which is our primary community right now over at facebook.com slash groups slash XFUMC. And once again, thank you guys for joining us today. Hope you have a wonderful day and God bless you. God bless guys.